Welcome to Philly Coco Presents Side Project Spotlight, episode 35. This is a developer's journey to making cool stuff. I'm Kotaro. I'm Steve, with my voice. Yay. And I'm Aaron. (laughs) And we are Philly Coco, a Philadelphia-based Coco Heads community focused on Apple development. That primarily, but not exclusively, means iOS, Mac, tvOS, and watchOS development. Release Coco's true desire is to take you higher on your own developer journey. Nice. I finally have my voice back, and then I I try to say something, and it, like, screeches a little bit. (laughs) It's it's all right. uh, Oh, man. Well, if you you didn't listen to, like, the last one, like, my voice was awful, right? And it was even worse before that, so it's, it's it's been terrible. It's a it's a it's a low, slow road to recovery. So yeah, know, man, just, like scary a tea and lemon. And... <laughs> no, seriously, people people were worried about me. I oh, yeah. was worried about me. I was about ready to go find a specialist. Oh, that so, bad? Yeah. Well, you know, three weeks or whatever of not being able to talk mm. properly, and yeah. it's like, yeah. when is this getting better? So, that'll, that'll but it, it appears to have gotten better. So, just apparently took a lot of time and uh, a lot of tea. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, but um, that means we can we can have a conversation today. And what is yes. it we're going to be talking about? Right. So where we left off last time in our podcast, um, we were uh, recovering from the new year. Uh, this was last week was our first podcast of the new year, and we were trying to reorient ourselves with our little side project that we were working on, which is a habit forming app called Codename. Pickle jar. And at that time, we had built the general framework for the app. So we had built a lot of the in your Swift UI. So this was going to be originally it was going to be a multi platform app, iOS, Mac, and Mac OS app. Um, to keep the time constraint short, we decided that we would uh, hold off on the Mac app until we finished and released the iOS, um, the iPhone, I- iPad app. Um, and our goal, um, our timeline, our revised timeline, was to get it done by end of March, I believe, um, beginning of April, um, into the app store. <laughs> yeah, April is what we're aiming for, yep. and we were aiming for a test flight build in February. By end of February. Which, uh, you know, it's still possible. Yep. I, uh, I, I think. Th- these are always considered aspirational because in in many ways side projects are not meant to be i mean they can be but they for all intents and purposes you know you're not always going to finish your side project and there's not supposed to be this sort of like dread of like oh you know like this is a painful thing to work on although the stuff we're doing here Mm -hmm. is directly applicable to my day job right now or is about, <laughs> yes. to, about to be so i really want to figure it out here where <laughs> there's no pressure sure. so you know so i'm like finding so, the time to to, I mean, to work on this in chunks like you know during the week when you say applicable to your day job without getting into too specific what in what context do you mean like i'm working on a greenfield app project yeah. where i am going to try to build it in swift ui for the latest ios version using core data for the model layer. So it's basically the same thing we're doing here. Whoa, but. whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> for, for, a, for, a, for the app that you, this is, and that's a big app. Like, is, it, is it based off of the old app? Or the, yeah. Oh, okay. 
Oh yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I mean, I mean, maybe maybe Cordae is not a good idea. I don't know. I think it's fine because <laughs> I think the, it's the, fine. Dep- the, the, the old the way I've done yeah. storage before, and and not to go too far in the weeds about stuff, but mm-hmm. was you know to essentially serialize the objects to disk, which is uh, fine. But you, I hit limitations on that because obviously it's much harder to query this stuff. You have to do it all in memory yourself. Sure. There, there could be you know then you're constantly churning the storage sometimes. Like and uh, over the years. Uh, you know, it's just, it's become harder. It's much harder to do things like synchronize, like load the data up from somewhere in the background and then have like all these screens access it. Cause they're all just like reading this file at different times. I've had like run conditions, oh, you know, like you basically have yeah. to start building your own, your own method of synchronizing all the data access and it's, it, and sending like notifications around to update things. And it, it, it doesn't always work as as smoothly as you like but then if you use like something like you know core data has a lot of like the fetch results con- results controller and UI UIKit would cover a lot of the the stuff that i wrote manually so anyway sure. I, i'm basically doing stuff in swift ui and i'm thinking i'm, I'm probably going to use core data for the the um model layer and i'm trying to do things with as few dependencies as possible so again it's the same kind of philosophy we have here i mean it is sort of fascinating um a lot of side projects that I've done um, somehow find themselves sneaking into my production work. Um, so the lessons that I learned the from lessons, my side yeah, projects. Yeah. 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 I think um, that's perfectly reasonable to do that. Yeah. 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 And um, in surprising ways too, um, like a lot of times if I'm doing um, a design or um, a layout for what amounts to a glorified to-do list app, I will still apply it to something with a little more complexity, um, but it's fundamentally the same, you know, um, business logic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and that's, you know, that's a poor example, but, you know, that's, you know, usually it's more specific to like a specific technology. So um, replay kit was one thing I remember referring back to as like, oh, that was a thing we, that Apple had done a long time ago and here i can apply it to something in in you know my work environment it's pretty awesome you know as an example i've been i've been taking what we learn learn doing this stuff and because mm-hmm. this was like my first big swift ui project this particular project here what we're doing pickle jar um because uh as i said before my i've just been mostly an objective c and some swift and very little swift ui because most of the work is with old code bases and so I've been, you know, playing with this uh, the Swift UI stuff, um, uh, the, the lessons we you know pick up here, sure, in the day job, and it's 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 cool. I mean, I've been been it's a very productive environment and uh, for me, and uh, sometimes anyway. But the the th- thing we'll probably talk about today is I keep getting tripped up on like the core data stuff, which I probably everybody does because I didn't. Yeah. Again, I told you I I invented my my own elaborate storage system <laughs> years ago with like all custom code so i'm like I, none of nothing works the same way i'm used to well i mean before we get into something like that i think one of the things that um probably we want to do is finish up on so we kind of know where we were um in last week in terms of what we wanted to do and we kind of treat each of these podcasts as sort of like our our retro sort of speak of like our updates and try to get back to like figuring out like what we've done those past two weeks yeah. and what we need to do to get this through the finish okay. line. Um, so, do you, who, who wants to go first? So I can start first. Um, yeah. okay. So basically uh, what I did and keep in mind, we all have full-time jobs here. So our capacity is really limited. Uh, the, so, the audience must have invented a drinking game by now. For the amount of times we mentioned that. <laughs> 
Hey guys, please don't don't email us and tell us how much we we suck because we have other things going on. Yeah, seriously, yeah. we we should we should have an official like uh, you know, drinking game, uh, yes. non alcoholic or alcoholic, depending side, on your age side, and interest. Side project drinking. I don't know. Take take a shot of tea. Side project shots. There you side go. Side project shots <laughs> for the, the game. A game for the for the holiday season. Sure. Um, anyway, also so, every time one of us creates a, it interrupts and does a tangent like this. <laughs> exactly. Um, take a shot. Uh, the so what I was using GitHub pro we were using we decided to use GitHub projects to sort of manage our all of our uh, tickets uh, and tasks of what we need to do to get to the finish line. Um, generally, I I've, I've sort of organized it in in a, in a sort of agile style. So columns of like uh, put things in columns of like things to do, things in progress things ready for review and then things to that are done and each of these tickets have in themselves maybe some a, a bullet list of subtasks within that so um one of them is like to do the card view for me and for the iphone version the ipad version and each one has their own subtasks of things that need to be done within them um so yeah and and this is this is a good way to start because it's simple and then you can decompose them if you need to into more specific types of stories or whatever you want to call them or tickets. But yeah. we're, we're, we're keeping things pretty simple at the moment because mm -hmm. we don't want to have a proliferation of, of tickets. Like, there's only I'm three not, of us. I'm not trying to replicate Jira here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there's only three <laughs> of us. So I mean, I, some, some check boxes with a few subtasks is, is, is fine. Like it's working I, so far. I mean, um, this this will go on another tangent, so take a shot. But um, <laughs> it's like Jira is just like the most popularized piece of enterprise junk. Use my French, but just I've ever had a, the displeasure to deal with. <laughs> oh, that's that's funny because um, we're we're gonna move to that. I think at work. I know because everyone uses it, and I'm just like, just pick a better. Project management software. The thing what, is what so is slow better? and What's janky. Better? You can never, you can never, you can never tell me anything. Anything is better than Jira. How's that? <laughs> I don't know, How's man. That? I, I, I told before we had. We're not going to go into it. We had the whole episode we talked about. It, but like, I sure. loved Fogbugs for many years. Sure. But they have left that to die in very specific ways that make it unusable anymore for us. Like they still haven't updated certain integrations. So Monday. We're stuck. Pivolo Tracker, Basecamp. I don't know. Pick one. Basecamp. Yeah, right. Basecamp. That's very base opinionated. Basecamp is responsive. Like, yeah, the I know. UI yeah. I like Basecamp. Far snappier than Jira, which I like. You click on a ticket. You wait for the damn thing is to it, load. Is it all you Jira or just your Jira? Every Jira I've ever managed. Well, I'm, I'm looking had, forward to this. Had I'm the nightmare the of being slow. And and it, it gets worse in peak hours because everybody's hitting it at the same time. So if you want to edit a ticket, you have to press, you have to go to the drop down, click on edit. It opens up a modal that is in of itself like a trial of like patience. Like if I had to, I have this thing where I do because I have this, I have this opinion that uh, speed is a feature. Speed yes. is a feature. I don't care about making something pretty as much as some people accuse me of caring. I don't care about the visual wow. What I care about is getting stuff done. 
as a as a user of your product or some product. Yeah. You don't want to be stuck waiting for your tool. Right. Your, I don't want to be waiting. Manager. Like I I will literally in my mind tick t- tick and count down how long it takes before I can use a certain part of a product. That is my that is the this is this is how I judge a good product. If it if it takes me forever to use your tool, it's a bad tool. <laughs> well, I mean, Jared uh Atlassian owns Trello, right? Sure. And uh, and Trello started as a different code base, but Trello's fast. Trello's a lightweight product. I mean, I get that it's not as full featured and it's, uh, but it's flexible. It can be what you want it to be for a good chunk of eighty percent of what you need it for. Jira, Jira feels to me like it 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 is designed for busy work. It is designed <laughs> to make you take forever to type in all your stories to to wait for every drop down to load dynamically <laughs> dynamic information it's just a it's it feels like a product of like late 1990s early 2000s ui metaphors oh and, wow i'm i'm so looking forward to this I'm and it is only a step above sharepoint <laughs> Oh God, no! <laughs> Share, no! SharePoint gives me nightmares. I don't want. So, so imagine SharePoint two point No, no. Right? That's what it feels like, and I know, like you're, you're destroying I my hope. I I know this is like this is not meant to be like trash, uh, trash people's product. I'm sorry. I'm I'm really look. Not. I'm just saying, Jira has to handle tremendous flex, flexible has to be extremely flexible and handle a lot of complexity large teams large amount of assets it's very difficult to build a product that can cover all those bases i, I get but it doesn't change the fact that you know what you're saying if it's true it means i get to look forward to jank so no. i get it i get i get it i honestly do and, and yeah. i and i and from a from a person who makes software in that sense like these people who built that software um spend you know, an enormous amount of time to try to get that right, right? Um, but, you know, uh, the the challenge for me is like, and I get your point of view, right? Like, this is meant to account for the wide, yeah, the wide range of, of configurations and design. But what it introduces is complexity, right? Complexity across the board that I shouldn't have to deal with as a user of the product, right? I just want to be, as a developer, I just want to be focused. Let me see the ticket. Let me see the requirements. Let me see who's, um, the ones that I'm tasked for and just give it to me in a nice lightweight fashion. Excel does a better job of this <laughs> <laughs> in terms of project management than Jira at this point. Like that is my, that is my peak frustration with this product. And I'm sorry, this is, yeah, I mean... this is me bearing my soul frustration and and i should i should bring it back to positivity yeah and thank you jira for existing um i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying to i'm trying to think of a positive way to spin jira you are a very popular app (laughs) maybe i'll have something positive to say once i'm using it some people love it and i i don't know why but i think if there's anything to take from this soapbox if there's anything if there's any core thing to take when you build a product, make sure you take speed as a priority. Speed in terms of how you use the app, in terms of how it performs. If the word jank ever sneaks into the conversation, figure out how to fix that. 
because that is jank is bad. <laughs> jank, jank is, is bad. bad. Okay, <laughs> you never want to hear that from your product ever. <laughs> no, no, no. In fact, when you when you see something loading in your you know whatever your way method of of approach, do a countdown to see how long it takes between it loading and you actually able to do work on that product. And if it takes longer than two to three seconds, yeah, you probably want to look into that. <laughs> two to three seconds is an eternity. I swear, I swear to you, Aaron, Aaron, like, correct me if I'm wrong. How long does it, how long, it takes me, it, I swear, every page I open, every ticket I open in Jira, regardless of which, which company I've ever worked for that used Jira, every ticket that I've ever opened takes at least five seconds for it to even be close to usable. That's the fastest. That's the fastest for me. What about you? Aaron's like, I never bother. <laughs> no comment on that one. No comment. Oh, see, Aaron's the positive guy. I'm, I'm turned into the negative, negative, negative bunny here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I mean, we could describe Jenkins in a variety of different ways, right? Slow to use, slow to load slow to even do just basic stuff right like go through a drop down list in jira is a trial of of patience um for basic static drop down okay so anyway sorry to summarize jira is slow (laughs) 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 i'm doomed i'm doomed when i I have to use it you know, prepare I, I, yourself, Steve. I, That's the message I, I'm getting here. I want to. I I seriously want to be like. I don't want to be that guy. I really don't. Like, I I get the feeling like this is going to be the podcast where we're just letting out all our 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 angry baggage. But anyway, it is a hot mess to be sure. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Getting back to um, I did the tickets, which by the by the way, GitHub projects I enjoy. I I, I do feel like it it is a close facsimile to um. A Trello in that sense. I mean, it tries to be. It also tries to be like two different types of styles of project management or ticket management. It's. Uh, I like. I like it, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. it. It's. It's. I like that. It, it's very uh, cross plot project mm-hmm. because I'm so used to tools that don't let me do this. Now we don't really take advantage of it, but there's many times in my my regular job where we have projects. Stuff's going on, different people, different tech stacks, different like places. And you, it's all part of the same feature mm-hmm. because, I mean, we're not like, I mean, maybe a lot of places today are, you know, like, uh, you know, full stack developers. But honestly, a lot of places still don't really do that. You know, you have some people work on like the mobile client and primarily and some people work on the back end primarily and a database expert. So you have these roles. And, and then when you want to piece together tickets for a particular feature, you have to like link them all together, track them somehow, or they're in different code, they're in different repositories, you know, because we don't have like one single repository for every single project. So I like the fact that you can have tickets, uh, you know, come in from different places. I like that you can make tickets that aren't actually issues because there's a lot of times the stuff that's not an issue you want to track in there. I like that. Uh, what I don't like about it is I can't find a quick way of jumping like from a ticket to the repository, yeah. which I found myself needing to do a lot. When I was doing this, because I was like, okay, I need to go back and look at the the branch or look at the PR request, and then I was trying to link the PRs to the 
to the tickets, and there's some way of doing it automatically, but it wouldn't work for me. And then I was trying to figure out how to do it manually, and I had to look it up. And it's like you have to go click the gear and do. The, I'm like, why? Why can't I just click the spot that says this is where PRs are linking? Why can't I just click there? Anyway, well, little UI things like that because I'm not used to it. It's like I tried, and this is just I I I I feel like it's one of those things where this is our sort of like um, un um, unfamiliarity with this particular product. Um, because I'm, I want to link like an issue to a branch that I'm working on right now, um, and it, and I always find GitHub just in general like very very like he 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 kind of like <laughs> if you know the if you know the secret handshake you know, yeah you know the secret yeah. way to do this we have this feature that allows you to do exactly what you're looking for but we're gonna hide it in like you know this very cutesy like. You know, if you prefix uh, an issue number, then now you have access to like this sort of automated branching and connections to these issues. Um, I don't know if that's true, but it's just like one of those things that I've noticed with like, or if you're integrating like a Jira ticket, um, there are ways to do it so that you label a branch and then Jira would automatically pick it up if you configured Jira correctly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you want all that stuff to work. Sure. But like I, I I don't I don't know all the incantations yet. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, but, I, I, think... I, I I try to do things like I do it do it at work with GitLab, and it didn't work. Yeah, like <laughs> it didn't do it. So I I don't know what I did wrong. So I think so. So basically, I've set up the project to be divided into like three different three different more or less buckets of tasks um, that I signed. I um, Aaron would be handling a lot of the review and the settings views i've sort of assigned it for now at least in terms of what i feel like is within reason for our capacity uh both aaron and steve would be focused on making sure the core data stack the um in the and the um and the integration to that is is finished in that sense um yeah and then my, my task was um to start and finish the card view for at least um uh, to get that integration of like entering your lo- like your your daily tasks and get that UI finished and it, and integrated, uh, which that part I'm still working on. So I didn't I failed yeah. to get it done done. I think one of the things that I was exploring, which we can kind of kind of dive t- tell into, is like how do I? I got the UI working fairly okay, but I'm trying to like I, I was sort of going into this rabbit hole of core data of trying to like mm-hmm. test it in the preview. And then I realized oh, yeah. that you had a, an active PR already up that oh, yeah, yeah. basically was doing what I was wanting to do anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. The um, we, we can transition to core data sure. stuff. Then. So, yeah, I'm working on the model layer. I mean, I, I did some refactoring. Some of it's somewhat duplicating what I already did, but just like in a struct. But yeah. I decided, well, we decided earlier that we wanted to be as simple as possible and I felt like I was getting a little too cute with some things. Some of the stuff early on we did that kind of worked in one place. Uh, I was like, like um, for instance, the we have some view models in here, and I'm trying to rip them out. I want to not use them at all if I don't have to. And with the one place we're trying to use them right now is with like an edit screen because the view model is doing some orchestration with core data that's a little bit clever where it's like creating like a child context. And, stuff. and, and I'm not sure we need that. Like for this, and if we don't, then I like to get rid of it because it's it's a little bit more complexity that if we're not really buying much for it, then why do it? Because then I have then we have to like abstract it and do it for all the any other screens and and then it starts it can start getting complicated. So I'm I'm trying to we were, we decided we try to do it the Apple way, whatever that is. 
<clears throat> and so I uh, I did some refactoring on stuff. We have models uh, from Core Data, and uh, the models are are, we, are are they classes? They're classes. Yeah, we, we have yeah. classes. So in the models, yeah. I, I created I, I created a um, uh, did I create a protocol or did I create a uh, or I create a a base class? I think it's a base class, right? Because they're classes mm-hmm. that has a little There's bit a of model, functionality. Like a base. A yeah, we have like a base model, model I think, class. Yeah. I think I think I renamed it model in one of my branches because I keep renaming things because mm-hmm. naming's hard. But naming is but hard. Anyway, we created that just encapsulates a little bit of functionality. Like it could save it could save itself, you know. Uh, it just had a little bit of integration for for make it easier to work with. But and and we're using and that's where also you put your fetch requests. And then we're you know bringing it in. We're doing queries with fetch fetch results wrappers. That's fine. That all works. It's pretty clean, actually. Uh, and the problem I have is creating and like editing the objects in within a SwiftUI view. <laughs> so what I wanted to ask you guys was like, what is a good pattern that you use? Because I don't have the experience with SwiftUI. And traditionally, what I would expect to do is if it was like a regular database, I'd have some class or something, right, that had methods on it. And I'd call them. I have like a standard layers, but here I feel like things are a little weird because SwiftUI wants to bind wants wants you to use the model directly. That's why I'm trying to get rid of all the intermediaries. It, it there's so much infrastructure set up, so when you get a core data model, you can just use it. It's an observable object. You know, you can just observe it. You can bind the properties of it. It's you know, and then so theoretically, what we should be able to do is get the model, change its properties, and then call save. And it'll you know save itself into the context with the little the little uh, model uh, uh, base model function I put in there, and then it should be pretty easy. But I got in the problem where I was trying to I was trying to separate out our our goal our our, our initial edit and create screen for goals mm-hmm. and split it into multiple views. Because another thing I think about with SwiftUI is I think the intention is that you don't do what I did first, which was to make one screen that tries to create and edit at the same time. Because it requires you to be a little clever with things. And once you start being clever, then it's hard to reason about what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then you have to start having all these little, like, if-else statements everywhere, you know? And you're like, that that feels wrong to me. Because I feel like SwiftUI, it really wants everything. Everything is, like, immutable state. And everything is, like, and I feel like you should try to break it down as small as possible so it's clear to reason about. So I was going to, like, okay, I'll just break this up. Because they're very similar screens. So I'll just take the commonality stuff, the common stuff, and then maybe break it out to two views, bring in most of the common stuff. And, and I started doing this, but then I got into a problem of like, I couldn't get, I couldn't get saving, saving stuff to work. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing wrong. Uh, but I got to a point where I was like, okay, how do I, how do I want to actually, how do I want to actually create like a goal object, like a new goal mm-hmm. in core data and save it? Because all the examples and stuff you get from Apple, what little you can find you know they just kind of do things the very very straightforward way that you create the model object Mm -hmm. you set its properties you do like do do a do catch block and you hit save and and it's like but we what we need to be able to do is have a cleaner interface for creating editing objects saving them and doing cap catching the exceptions that's another thing i was thinking about like at some point there will be an error happening or we'll have to do like a network request Steve, Steve. potentially it's like what no, what do you we, do when there's never, an error we never, we never have those problems well <laughs> what i'm saying is in other and other other times what i what i'll do is exceptions i'll often structure a project in different languages to like 
bubble up to a, a common location and then do something to, to react to it. But in this case, I tried doing that. I tried to be like, okay, what if I just let it like throw an error? And then like Xcode's squawking at me to tell me it's unhandled. And I'm like, I know it's unhandled, but if it's squawking at me, it, it apparently is not the way it, want, it, you know, it thinks that I should be doing this. So anyway, long story short, what do you guys do to integrate that the creation of and, and updating of core data models in a Swift UI view in a relatively clean way? Or do you just new up the new up the object and just do it? And I'm just overthinking it. <laughs> so here here's here are here's the trapping of um of um side projects, right? You're not you're not unless you're one of the cool coders out there, um, there's a good hot chance that you're taking the shortest route to to success. <laughs> well, that is that AKA, is that is basically my my attitude right now. I'm like, what is the shortest path to success? But AKA creating <laughs> private functions in the views themselves, which is horrible. Um, which is what we did, this, which we're doing right now to start with. And I'm like, the yeah. problem again with mm-hmm. that is. I, I need something that's a little more abstract because we have to make a whole bunch of views. <laughs> I don't want to repeat myself. I guess it's, it's kind of a fascinating question in some ways because, like, even, you know, either you can create, you can do it in the persistence um, container, uh, not container, um, your core data stack if you wanted to, or you could do it within the model as a model extension function itself, maybe like a convenience Like, sometimes it might make sense to make a convenience function because they technically have convenience functions already built in every core data model yeah and you know i'm i'm not of the opinion like there are a lot of people who of the opinion like um because core data will do if you let it um by default it will code gen those convenient um, methods for you so you can do stuff like fetch you know of the model fetch you know uh in our case goals fetch you know goal something something and then it'll give you all the parameters and it re- will make it relatively easy but if you want it something a little more if you want to abstract that even more you can either um create a um um create a create an extension for your model and then abstract that out a little bit further or you just take over and say you know what i want to create my own um my own class. I want. I want to. I want to generate my own class and my own version of the class myself, right? And then manage that myself. I think we're we're trying to extend the generated classes. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing now. I I, I think makes makes a lot of sense. It's the easiest path. I mean, one could argue it might make sense to create um, struct versions of that, or create some kind of method to um, do that conversion from like because all the the, the the challenge with the core data models that come back is they're all reference types and they're all nillable and they're all and you have to they're all optionals basically. Okay, yeah, so, that's the other thing about it. <laughs> that's the other thing that bothers me. Apple's design and they keep they and we've talked about this before at Nasium is that the model is directly like in the view, like accessible in the view. Core data's integrations work this way. Everything's observable. But as you said it's freaking annoying. Like the optionals are annoying when you want to when you want to pull into in certain like uh, Swift UI uh, uh, things. It's like sometimes it's like oh well, it, it doesn't want it doesn't want to take a uh, a nullable object. It want like it want it, want, it doesn't want to take an optional. It wants to take a non optional or something. Or yeah. and then you need to provide like I, I you need to provide some like default yeah. value for it. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's it gets kind of messy. It does. It does. And I and I've seen. 
like people create extensions or to like create like a um un like an unwrapped value or some kind of variation to just get around that and like a convenience factor of like saying like when you return this don't worry you know we're f we can like turn it to a string value or something like that some default value i have a, a convenience method mm -hmm. it's called with default or something like that yeah. and for a lot of stuff like especially things like a string mm -hmm. uh, value you can just put a default it, that'll yeah. work it, it'll let you get around it but I mean, yeah, if you want to do struct versions of the stuff, mm -hmm. then you need to have maybe an extension on the model to give it to you. And you need to have some infrastructure to go back yeah. and forth. And you might be able to make that. Maybe you can make that generic, but that's then you're like going down this rabbit hole of building infrastructure, which is, you know, which also is you're going to need to be able to test. Right. You know, because now, because, and I've done, I've done this a lot. I've done this whole thing a lot where you have to transition between different, different like uh, models. And the problem with that is you don't have good testing for that. It's very, very easy when you're when you have to go from one model, like one model type, to another slightly different one, or in this case, like a class to a struct. If you mess up any of the, like just the equals, you know, property equals, you know, left, right equal stuff, you you can have like a, a bug where you're like, well, why doesn't it not have this value in here or something? You have to track it down. It it can it, it's it's a little bit fragile because yeah, and you also have to yeah. update every time you update the model. I don't want to do that if we don't have to. Because we're gonna have to we're gonna have to iterate on the model itself, the core data models, because uh, they're still pretty simple. We we still have some uh, some more I think some more um, some more minor. complexity we need to add in there. Yeah, I mean they're all relatively minor, but yeah, we would still need to. Yeah, but it's like you don't want to be messing with the model, and then the get that gets the model gets generated in our case yeah. by core data, and then we have our extensions. But then we're gonna have another layer of models that we have to manually update. It's essentially what you're saying if you want to use structs. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, let's not do that. We're just going to try to use them directly. But then you're back to all the annoyances. So question, how do you, how do you handle saving an error and exception handling when you save stuff? Because that's the yeah. biggest one where you have exceptions thrown. I mean, it's weird because like the managed context, assuming that you, you bring, you're, carrying the, <clears throat> you're carrying the managed context everywhere anyway in an environment, object, in an environment managed context property. You know, you just access it directly, so you can do you know the do catch thing and save it directly. I know it's done. just messy. It's just like I don't want to repeat myself in every single class. It is, it, but the thing but, is, like you you still want to do it at the right time, right? So when you press the save button to save a new yeah, right. goal, like you you want to call that particular function, right? And then so what you could do is maybe you might want to create a convenience function for that that do try catch right and make it like an asics function or something of that nature i want to capture exceptions in one place yeah too mm -hmm. uh, uh, because i think we will probably need some kind of like screen you know this to display exception information in like a human readable way sure so like these are the things that's, that's coming to mind as i'm working on it because i'm so used to working in a quote-unquote enterprise environment mm -hmm. where you have to think about all this stuff constantly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good practice anyway. I mean, honestly, that's I mean, that's another reason why side projects exist. Is you can be you can do it in a safe environment, and you're not like pressured, right? Like, you're not you don't have some. You we technically have sprints, but we're not like it's not like work where like some boss at the top is going to like come screaming down and saying, you know, if you don't get this done in this time, blah blah blah, blah right? Like, we can be a little more intentional about it. So you're you're saying basically <laughs> what I've been doing, which is the naive way, is the way, <laughs> which is like I I I would I would say it's like whatever you know. In this case, like we're probably going to be in like we'll kind of mix and match until we can figure which one is the one we like. 
when I when I did fit when I when I did Fave Ten, this was during SwiftUI two. Like at that time, I knew core data, but I didn't know how to integrate core data with SwiftUI. I don't think anybody knows. Well, yeah, right. So much debate about it. That was that was evergreen. That was such an evergreen thing. It was actually kind of bizarre. It worked as well as it did at that time because I was like, I can't believe like I'm getting away with some of this stuff that I'm doing. You know, yeah, it it it. Um, my only th- my thing about it is not hard to integrate Core Data with SwiftUI. Mm-hmm. It's messy looking to me. It yes. feels wrong. A lot of times when people want to write elegant code or they have they want to be in they want to do something in a specific style, a lot of it is in service to making sure it's testable, right? And I I get I get that pushback all the time, which I understand and, and 100% agree with. And I have my own hot takes about tests in general, but I never feel like the juice is worth the squeeze in that regard. It just feels like busy work. For core data stuff, I think there's a value in that because that part doesn't change and it and you it's such a critical part of the it's a critical part of the of the um the data and data is like money in the in the sense of like if you mess it up if you mess with if you mess with somebody's data they will be super pissed i guess i guess part of part of my task going forward for this next week is to maybe for our task in general but i'll i'll keep it cuz i'm actually kind of interested myself into figuring this part out um is to find architectures that we can all agree that feels right because it's ultimately about feel in terms of like how comfortable we are with using it um you were working on core data stuff i was working on the project and some of the card view uh aaron any updates or not much i'm just trying to like follow you your guys but let's let's get this done at least at least a version that works for like that we're happy with (laughs) we don't even have to be happy with just like something that we can consistently set all the model object to and then try it mm-hmm. so because now we have like this thing that's like half implemented and so we need to be able to do that by the end of the week like yeah. by this weekend and my focus is to wire up all the card ui in both the iphone and the ipad version so that'll be does that include like the little like mini cards yeah yeah so like the like this like one line ones i could do that too um i wasn't sure if that was part of that that's part of it. I but, yeah. saw that it was like on some of the things that you said I should work on. We're using those like mini cards. Oh, like I the settings and the. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have the little like mini cards. Oh, those components are there in some form or fashion. Like at least the layout work is there, so that part's done. Um, if not, let me know. <laughs> so uh, we have to we have to like wrap things up. So for next time, Kotaro, you said you're going to wire up the UI components. Yep, uh, which we have, and I will finish um, the base. I mean, I'll finish examples of like how to do the models because it's yep. not like it's going to be real complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the we need to get basic full crud functionality working. We have it only partially working for goals only right now. And yep. Aaron, what did you want to do? You want to be like the, like a pitch hitter for things, or do you have something specific to? I don't know. Now it's like the way things are divided up. It's kind of weird. So and, until until there's like the basic um you know model editing kind of hard to okay yeah i mean that's a good point so so basically it's on us cultural we have to like get our uh we have to get this wired up enough so it's usable so that aaron can then iterate on some uh sure i mean if there's any parts of the layout for like the review section and the um 
settings section that might be helpful just a basic layout and then we'll flesh it out later yeah i guess what because i don't think we even have like an entry point for the settings or oh that's part i need to add exactly. so that's yeah. there's a little like uh avatar thing i need to put in the top left so that's on me i'll take care of it but yeah so you can work on layout of the um review and yep yeah again i need to figure out settings. what what it is we're reviewing since well, i need to maybe make some fake data for since we don't have any yeah logging working Cultural moment. did put some fake goals in to there, but uh, and I I add on the models. I'm adding a, a dot sample method, so you can just get some some fake data that way too. And I'll do that for you know all the models. That's all we have for today. You can learn more about Philicoco at philicoco.org. There you'll find links to our Slack group, meetup schedule, and contact info. If you're feeling generous, please leave a review on iTunes or any other podcast platform of choice. Also share us with all your developer friends. And one more thing, what wedding gifts should you buy a Windows administrator? A Mac? (laughs) I don't know. Perhaps you should check the registry for clues. Oh my God, no. (laughs) Give me flashbacks. Here's another one for you Microsoft fans. Why did Microsoft PowerPoint cross the road? Why? to get to the other slide. Oh. (laughs) Till next time. (laughs) Good luck on your own developer journey. We will cheer for you always. To summarize, Jira is slow.